What did the man say when he got a really good card reading? I don't know what. Tear whoa! H manners. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Shannon's. It's Extraordinary Etiquette. For Ordinary Occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, my dear. How are you? I'm doing okay. Getting over some tonsillitis, but feeling better now. I just made that joke up on the spot. It was great. Thank you. And I'm really glad you didn't test it out on me beforehand. No, it, like it's, you it's, do it's the element of, the of surprise. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. You gotta get <laughs> Gotta get them. Yeah. You gotta get them. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about this week? Well... This week, we are talking about tarot readings. Okay. Not the potato-like thing, right? Tarot root? That's no, a thing, not right? not that. It's and a delicious thing. And not like a scary thing. thing, which is like terror. You're right, right. Right in the middle. Okay. Right between tarot and terror is tarot. tarot. <laughs> now, it looks like tarot. It does. But it is tarot. Yeah, right. Hello, everyone. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> now, have you ever had, is it uh, your tarot read, tarot cards read? Had your had a reading? I have never had a reading. Oh, really? I've had a lot. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, great. And I found it. I've I, watched it on TV and in movies. Yeah. I, I oh, can I tell you, I find it very meditative. Okay. And uh, so I have... Uh, tarot. Uh, th- there's a there's something about, and what I'm about to say, let me be clear, is not an endorsement of any of these things. Okay, as far as they're especially Reiki, <laughs> I don't. It, <laughs> as far as it being effective, no, thank you. But fun. Well, but meditative is very. It's a very big ASMR trigger for me. Oh, certainly. Yeah, and, and certainly. It, it it has nothing to do with. I know it doesn't work. <laughs> I know Reiki doesn't work, but I find it very relaxing. Um, but I had tarot. and maybe that's what does work. Well, about so it. that's the thing, and yeah. we'll talk probably more about this. But I've had tarot readings across the the gamut, uh, from you know like friends sitting around to like paying professionals mm-hmm. to do it and and in between as well. Well, Alex was personally very excited to do this episode because she does read tarot cards for people. Mhm. Um so it's it's quite close to her heart and I am excited to share a lot of her findings with y'all. Can I can I right off the bat state my opinion when it is just that folks on Certainly. like what I think about how the like, effectiveness of tarot. Okay. I think the the beauty, the thing about it is, it is very interpretive, right? Oh, yeah. And so I see it almost as like a psychological jumping off point for discussions, mm-hmm. right? And that is always when I enjoy it most. Like, this card means this. What does that make you think about in your life? that you need to work on or that you need to address or that makes you happy or all of those things. Now, I think... It's kind of like a journaling prompt. (laughs) Sure. Yes, very much so. Now, I think as with a lot of stuff, if it crosses over into charge me money and I will, or like pay me money 
and I will magically tell you how to fix your life. Yes. That is when it crosses over into, uh, uh, like, no, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, now, if it's like a fun thing that maybe gets me thinking about my life, great. But I think that this is true of one of my heroes in life is Harry Houdini. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is true of a lot of like psychic fun. Right. Right. It's like it's fun. It's fine as long as it's fun. And as soon as it starts to be like, pay me money and I can tell you you know, where your missing child is. Right. That's where it starts to be like, oh, no, 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 no. No, thank you. Get out of here with that. Because a lot of a lot of the reading part is is about also reading the person, reading yes. the room. Like cold reading. Exactly. It's the same deal. It's fine as long as it's fun. That's right. Okay. okay. Now, I assume that tarot reading has a long history. Um, it does it also has a long perce- perceived history and we'll get into that okay, okay. so first of all um, I would I would like to start off by saying that a lot of things have been projected onto tarot oh sure um, a lot of devil stuff exactly yeah and that's not how it's supposed to be no. um, it's not supposed to be evil. And it is also not supposed to, like, truly predict the future, right? Even people who people who do this right know this about it. Yeah. I think that the thing about a lot of stuff like this, if you, like, look back through history, especially, like, witch trials and mm-hmm. and anything, it's people who project their puritanical or, like, Christian beliefs onto a system that doesn't recognize, like, the puritanical and Christian beliefs. So in order to, like, fit it, it has to be like, well, then you're the devil. And it's like, well, but I don't believe in the thing you believe in. So, no, (laughs) that doesn't, it's not the same system. So we won't be demonizing tarot because there's nothing to demonize. No, you might as well demonize Dungeons and Dragons, you know Exactly. So let's let's start off with the 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 little pieces about it, okay? okay. Uh, Seventy eight cards in the deck. Okay. Um, Twenty two of them are called major arcana, and the other fifty six are minor arcana. And, uh, for for point of reference, it's kind of like uh, in a deck of cards, yeah. where some of them are face cards, some of them are number cards, right? Exactly. It's that. Exactly. Um, and here are some of the more famous cards that you may recognize: uh, the Empress. Sure. Death, yes. The hanged man, uh-huh. uh huh. The devil, sure. All of that stuff, right? Um, and they sound scary, but but they're not. No, the thing is, is is an interpretive thing, right? Right. And so it it has to do a lot in relation to the person being read, the person reading, where the cards fall, exactly. All that stuff. And a lot like the deck of cards you mentioned, um, it probably started as a game. Yeah. Um, it's derived sort of like Ouija. a little bit, yeah. Uh, it's derived from the Italian word terrocino. Excuse me, terracini. Uh huh. Um, oh, I love a good terracini. Mm, delicious. <laughs> delicious. Mm-hmm. And that's the name of the game, right? Um, nowadays, they're used as uh, divination tools, sure. claiming that. Tarot is actually an ancient book of wisdom disguised as a deck of playing cards. No, it's not, right? Right. Well, <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. Um, the consensus is that tarot 
is primarily used by people who identify spiritually as witches. Um, but the cool thing about it is that anybody can learn and benefit from learning about it. Right. Uh, it does not require a belief system. Exactly. To be effective. Exactly. Um, so, like I said earlier, uh, it's perceived as possibly related to ancient Egypt, but probably not, right? Um, that rumor probably came from the 18th century when the occult was very popular. Oh, and, yeah. you know, we've talked about this and, like, everything that was cool was Egyptian oh, yeah. and and all that kind of stuff. Um some some may say that the deck contains the wisdom of the Egyptian god Thoth. Okay. Uh, but you every know, deck, it's getting spread pretty thin, then, huh? Probably not. Right? Okay. Here's what we actually know: the cards themselves first popped up in Europe in the late 14th century. Okay. And I mean, while it so probably not quite ancient Egypt, not then. quite ancient Egypt, and I mean. They probably had card games. They had a lot of cool stuff. Um, But they weren't a direct line to any ancient pharaohs. Okay. For the most part, the deck was used to play Terracini, which is a game a lot like bridge. Oh. Yeah. um, Tarot was a word that meant foolishness. And it eventually involved being called Terracini, which roughly translates to the idea of something being faked or forged. Okay. Right? Um, which makes sense because uh, a card being played in the place of another card is fundamental to the game, right? So it's not it's not about – I don't want you to take away like tarot. Everybody who plays tarot knows it's fake tarot, all that stuff. No, no, no. It's about the intricacies of the game. Sure. Replacing one card for another card. Got it. Um. So you find versions of this game, Tarocini, still being played in France and Italy today. Now, it's different from tarot readings. Okay. Okay. I No, I'm, I'm following you. I'm okay. getting all, all right. of this. All right. Well, you know, you're a little quieter than usual. I'm listening. Okay. Listen, I want to be very careful. All right. Because this is a, a topic that broaches on uh, belief systems. You talked about, like, witches, Wiccan, that kind of thing. Right. And I try very, very hard to be uh, respectful of of people's beliefs as long as they don't harm others. Okay. Um, And so I'm trying to find the daylight within this discussion of where I can make observations and jokes without Mm -hmm. being offensive. And the thing is, is I want to clarify as we're talking about it. I'm sure that there are people out there who believe that these things actually have some kind of divination power and some kind of psychic ability and those kinds of things. And if you believe that, uh, I respect your belief. I don't. Mm-hmm. Oh, I am a man of science. Um, I'm a man of podcasting. Um, I was going to say, show me your laboratory, science man. Uh, my laboratory is private. <laughs> but uh, once again, I will re uh, restate. It's fine as long as it's fun. If it becomes predatory, that is where I draw the line and have an issue with it. But if you believe that you actually have some kind of power and the cards have some kind of mystical ancient energy, cool, great, good for you. I'm you sure do that, you. Yeah, I'm sure there's lots of weird things. I believe that you're like, hmm, what's that? Okay. Okay. Um. So 
this game involved a lot of the cards that we know of, but probably not in the same way. Okay. Uh, we don't know how much of the original deck would have resembled the deck we have today, right? Well, and even now, that's one of my favorite things in watching people do it on like YouTube and stuff is like there are countless different designs mm-hmm. where I saw a tarot deck that was like all different cats. I saw that too. Yeah. That made its rounds around the meme. Yes. Meme verse. And like that kind of thing, right? Where a lot of it is like the art. So if that's the case, I imagine that the evolution of the cards has been pretty rapid with everybody trying to like do different designs and say like, oh, what if I did it like this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The oldest surviving decks are the 15 Visconis Fora ones painted in the mid-15th century for the rulers of Milan. Sure. Of course. Um, so uh, we've talked about, like, the different kinds of of decks, right? A lot of these decks consist of um, four elements, right? The cups, four elements. swords. No. No, this is... This is well, okay. Yeah. You have, like, the King of Cups and the Seven of Swords and, like... it. Is that what you're talking about? Sort of. Because it's like hearts, diamonds, clubs, and spades, right? But it's like, am I am I talking out of my rear? I haven't I haven't gotten to a lot of that yet. Okay. What I'm talking about is this kind of the heart of the decks, right? Four elements: earth, water, wind, fire, heart. No, that's that's Captain Planet. Ah, right, 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 right. Um. Which one's left? <laughs> I know they're all in Avatar, right? Yeah. Earthway and Fire. Okay. Yeah. It's just there's not a lot of air because Aang's the only one left, you know? Not in Legend of Korra. I mean, that's true. Ugh. Let's just talk about Avatar for no, the rest of Okay. No, that's not. All right. Um, and astrological symbols and then the beginnings of the traditional motifs. Okay. Um, And this is where in the 15th century... People start landing on one side of the other about the, quote, evil tendencies of this. Sure. Um, No one at this point is associated with tarot and devil worshiping until a Dominican preacher sermonizing about the evils of the cards in the 15th century. Um, And more it was about you shouldn't be playing poker than it was about, say, sacrificing goats in the woods. Sure. I mean, if you want to talk about, like, predatory practices, poker, you got somebody, especially if there's no, like, uh, judges, nobody making sure nobody's cheating, but there was a lot of predatory card play, you know? Um, Also, like, in this time period that people have associated with this kind of, like, demonization, again, of of the tarot, uh, didn't Here's the thing. Uh-huh. There weren't a lot of them. They were super rare because they were all hand-painted, beautiful cards, right? Right, right, right. yeah. Along... And, and they weren't, like, durable. You know, exactly. it wasn't like you could, like, coat them in plastic or whatever. Exactly. Uh, then came along the printing press. Oh, I've heard about that. Mm-hmm. They printed things, right? They sure did. Like a laser printer. Right. And this is what... No, well, not a laser printer. It was, like, the first laser printer. It was... It was ink? Sure, but like... typeset. But he was like the great-great-grandfather of the laser printer. All right, fine. Um, So that is when tarot cards start like 
really, really cruising around Europe. Switzerland, think, France, Italy, all that places. Well, I think, mean, it was already in France and Italy, but, you know, all over it. Gotcha. Do you think that the demonization of it, one of the contributing factors was, like, if people were using it for, like, predatory practices, that, like, you had to convince people that bad stuff was going to happen to them so that they would, like, keep coming to you so, like, you could tell them how to avoid that bad stuff? Mm. And so that made it seem like a really negative thing because it was always, like, doom and gloom and evil is going to befall you and it's easy then to associate the cards with evil themselves. Whereas That if, makes sense. Whereas, like, if the readings were all like, yeah, life's going great for you, you should be happy, that people would be like, this is a nice thing that makes people feel nice. Yeah, Or maybe sure. the other side of that then is like if it's nice things that make people feel nice, they're less likely to worry about going to church to feel nice. Mm-hmm. And then the church would see it as a threat. I bet sure. it was a mixture of those things. Well, I think also in the Renaissance era, that's when people really tried to like find all the answers and yeah. kind of like make it one sort of soup that this is the answer to life. Brain soup. Yes. Brain soup. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. A term that we all have used (laughs) and definitely I didn't just make up. Um, And so people were looking for answers. People were looking for the the one key to everything Mm -hmm. so that everything made sense. And so trying to put all of these different things in the same soup, you kind of messed up the soup a little bit. Sure. Yeah. You can't put all the elements in the soup or it tastes like your feet. Or, you know, something equivalently bad. I don't know how your your, feet taste. Your feet? It it tastes like butt. I was trying to think of, like, a PG way to say it tastes like, you know, bad. Poop. Sure. Poop. But, okay. I mean, I've never tasted poop. But. Okay. I can't imagine it tastes good or you probably would have tasted it before, (laughs) right? I guess you're right. Right? Right. Okay. Right. All right. So when did it move from Bridge Party to Divination Tool? I can't wait to hear. But first, how about a thank you note for our sponsors? All right. Teresa, can I tell you a little story? Please do. Last night, I drank just a little too much. Just Uh a little, just a little. Just enough to think that all of your ideas are the best idea. And that it doesn't take much. (laughs) And so then I thought, you know what would be great? Tomorrow morning, wake up and have breakfast delivered. And I'm going to order it now. So it'll be delivered tomorrow. Because you can do that on? DoorDash. DoorDash. And then I promptly forgot. (laughs) And it was quite a surprise this morning. Yes, this morning. I looked at my phone when I got the notification and I said, oh. And Teresa said, what is it? And I said, well, you're going to be mad, but... (laughs) You know what? I wasn't mad. Yeah. It was delicious. It was delicious. I Okay. I did order for some reason, along with like chicken and waffles, three different kinds of pancakes. Uh, yeah. And mm, <laughs> that would have been a mistake. But ordering food from DoorDash was not a mistake. It was a great idea because I could support local restaurants, get food I love, and have it all done safely. Because we use the contactless delivery option where they just leave it at your door and then text you later and say, hey, your food is here. So all you have to do is get the DoorDash app 
And right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more and zero delivery fees for their first month when you download the DoorDash app and enter code SCHMANNERS. That's $5 off your first order and zero delivery fees for a month when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code SCHMANNERS. Don't forget, that's code SCHMANNERS for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. So get yourself a surprise breakfast tomorrow, <laughs> courtesy of uh, Schmanners and DoorDash. Now, Teresa, do you brush your teeth? I sure do. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> uh, I realized halfway through the question I might be trapping you. I, I didn't want to set you up. Well, if I didn't brush my teeth, I think that you would know because this booth is quite small. That, that is absolutely true. Now, when's the last time, Teresa, you got rewarded for brushing your teeth? Rewarded? Yes. And I don't just mean... With healthy chompers. I mean, with like actual rewards. Wow. I I haven't. Well, then you need to start using Quip's new smart electric toothbrush. Nice. Yes. They're good ha- good habits will earn you perks like gift products, mm. uh, gift cards, Ooh. and more. More. Yes. And it's not just for adults. They have it for kids, too. And it connects to the Quip app with Bluetooth to track your brushing and earn rewards from Quip and partners. And if you already have Quip, you just need to get a smart motor to upgrade to the connectivity to your phone. And you'll keep all the features you know and love, like the timed vibrations that mm-hmm. let you know if you've actually brushed long enough, which I'm willing to bet most of us aren't. Uh, BB definitely doesn't. No, BB does not. We have to convince her every time. No, she you're just not likes done. making you're her mouth done. foam up, and then she just goes Ooh, and holds it out at you. Um, and you also get the thing I love is it. The vibrations are powerful but gentle. It doesn't make it feel like it's beating up your gums. So. Start getting rewards for brushing your teeth today. Go to getquip.com slash schmanners right now and get your first refill pack free. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash schmanners. It's spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash schmanners. Quip is the better, better oral health made simple and rewarding. Rewarding. Video games. Video games. Video games. You like them? Maybe you wish you had more time for them. Maybe you want to know the best ones to play. Maybe you want to know what happens to Mario when he dies. <laughs> In that case, you should check out Triple Click. It's a podcast about video games. A podcast about video games? But I don't have time for that. Sure you do. Once a week, Kickback as three video game experts give you everything from critical takes on the hottest new releases to scoops, interviews, and explanations about how video games work to fascinating and sometimes weird stories about the games we love. Triple Click is hosted by me, Kirk Hamilton. Me, Jason Schreier. And me, Maddie Myers. You can find Triple Click wherever you get your podcasts and listen at MaximumFun.org. Bye! Okay, so you're about to talk about how we made the transition from fun parlor game mm-hmm. to a divination card thing. Exactly. Um, and keep in mind that now, if you're a good card reader, you can actually even use card like a regular card deck. Yes. So it has nothing, not as much to do with the cards themselves, but the reader doing it. Anyway. I mean, it's the interpretation. We've talked about this. Right. You know? So, 1781. A fine year. 17. 17- 81. We had just finished winning the Revolutionary (laughs) War. What's next, we asked. Well, what about tarot? Tarot, we said, yes, it's the next revolution. Oh, boy. Now continue. A French Freemason and former Protestant minister named Anton Court de Gébelin. Of course. 
I know him uh, well. Published his own personal analysis of the tarot where he claimed that the cards were derived from the esoteric secrets of Egyptian priests. And he okay. went on to claim that this ancient occult knowledge was sent as a card game to Rome so that the Catholic Church could keep this arcane knowledge a secret. Uh-huh. Okay. Right. There was, if I could give Anton one note, uh-huh. there's too many flavors there. There's a lot of flavors. Too and many flavors to be believed. It's very much in the way of like, ooh, this is a secret. Don't you want it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like, this is a cult knowledge from ancient Egypt that's been locked down in Rome. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. three payments of nine ninety nine, it could be all yours today. Mm-hmm. Okay, Anton. Right. Uh, like you said, no, no proof. There's yeah. no proof. And basically this Protestant guy was like, these Catholics, they are they they've got this stuff. Don't you want it? They've been keeping it from you, those sure. terrible people. Sure. Um and of course, when you say this is a secret, you can't have it. Nobody wants you to have it. Especially when you say it like you have just said it. It's like, but now I want it. Of course you want it. This so is a thing. Everybody that, in Europe, anybody who is everybody who is anybody wanted it. They this wanted is a thing it. that happens to me constantly where I will be completely uninterested in something. There is a brand of whiskey called Pappy Van Winkle mm. that I have seen the name of a hundred times and thought, that sounds gross. And then I found out that it's extremely rare, mm-hmm. and people will pay upwards of like five thousand, seven thousand dollars for a bottle. And then I thought, well, now I want it. Exactly. <laughs> well, now I want to try it. Exactly. And this also happens to be timed at the end of the Victorian era spiritualism. Of course, right? The interest in tarot and ghosts and all things occult became very popular pastime for bored upper class people. Well, this is. Yes, this is where you get uh, people like Arthur Conan Doyle, Mm -hmm. who was like, oh, ghosts are real, spiritualism is real. This is where you get uh, Houdini, who came in. We're talking about the end of the 1800s, right? Exactly. Yeah, so we get Houdini coming in going, "Uh, I think that this is all BS, and I'm going to bust it up. And, of course, when you have that side, you also have the opposite side of uh, an evangelical revival, Right. Yeah. Which led into split offs from traditional Christian religions. Okay. Right. So you have these these two ends like making a fun fight out of this. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, And that's where that's where tarot fits in, doesn't it? It's like this thing that the Christian people don't want you to have. And like we're Christian, so we don't like it. And, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, right? and, and, you know, I mentioned like Ouija boards earlier. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it fits into a similar like kind of vein, niche, if you will, where because it has a game element to it, it's also like something kids can do where it's just like, we shouldn't be doing this. How naughty. You know, like light as a feather, stiff as a board kind of thing. Yes. Like we get together at our secret sleepovers and we're going to do these naughty, evil things like Ouija boards and tarot cards. Okay. Yes. So as far as specific decks go, you have probably seen the iconic Ryder Waite Smith deck. It, what? These are these are the three people, right? Oh, okay. Um, so Arthur Waite in 1901 decided he wanted to illustrate his own tarot cards. Sure, right? And uh, Ryder was the name of the 
publishing company. Okay. And Smith was the designer. Okay, so I'm looking at them now, mm-hmm. right? Um, if you've ever seen, like, uh, deck a lot of like pale blue backgrounds in it, a lot of like yellow, pale yellows, pale blues, very uh, clean lines. Um, illustrate e, right? They're, right. They're right. almost like they almost look like uh, fancy comic strips. Yeah. Yeah, and um, it's got also a little bit of a uh, Monty Python cartoon look to oh, it. Oh yeah. yeah, I yeah, can yeah. totally see that. Okay. But these are the ones that when you hear of tarot cards, yeah. this is what we think of. They're used a lot in movies and television. They're kind of like. Uh, uh, like, they're iconic. They're iconic. Yeah. They are. Um, and this is what really started the fashion for all kinds of different decks. You you talked about the Cats one yeah. just a second ago. Um, Art Deco designs, mm. King Arthur lore. Sure. Vintage 1950 ads, pugs. I mean, Hello Kitty. I mean, they're anything they, that they, you Sorry, like. sorry, 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 sorry. Hello Kitty tarot cards? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pretty fun. I like that. Um, anything that you like, you can find in a tarot card, basically, because tarot cards are fun for everyone. Yes, absolutely. Hey, do you want to do some questions? Sure. Okay, let's do it. Okay, this one comes from Cowboy Monarchy. Can you request an alternate analysis of the card they pulled or ask what else it could mean if you're unhappy with the initial reading? Um. Yeah, I mean, like... I think that saying, like, I don't know that that applies to me. Like, we've been talking about throughout, it's very interpretive. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is, like, what it means to you. And I think if you're getting it done, right, any good reader wants you to walk out satisfied and not confused. Right. So if you're like, that doesn't really apply to me. It's like, okay, cool. Then maybe it's this. Like, I, I think that... You know, I it's not I I don't think here's the thing, right? This is how that reader interprets the cards that they have. So if you want a different outcome, get a different reader. Right. It's not about the cards. It's not it's about the way that the person is reading for it, right? Um so if you're unhappy with that one, find another person to do it, right? Yeah, and you know, like I said, I've I've had my cards read by professionals before who like have you know full on like storefronts set up and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is, is it's the even even a like perfect person doing it isn't going to nail the interpretation every time. It's just not going to fit the whole time, right? Right. Like that's why I think it's fine to like either ignore something they said or say like, oh, that doesn't really apply, and just give feedback. Uh, this is from at DIY Vampirism. How do I ask for legitimacy and how do I know if they're charging a reasonable rate? Uh, well, as far as the reasonable rate thing goes, it's the beauty of living in the Internet age. Is exactly. We can do all kinds of research beforehand, uh, even just going on Twitter and saying, like, hey, what's a reasonable rate for a tarot reading? Um, legitimacy is tricky, um, but I would... I rather than think in terms of legitimacy, I would think in terms of like uh, customer satisfaction. Certainly, certainly. And so I think that you could look at reviews of them. You could ask people, you know, like where have you been that you enjoyed going, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. 
um, because legitimacy implies that some people have like psychic abilities and some people don't. And that is like a belief system and hard to prove and hard, all that stuff. But satisfied customers is easy to determine. Right. Because there are a lot of readers out there who will be like, yeah, I'll I'll do a reading for you. Um, I've never done it before or whatever. Or give me 50 bucks. Right. Obviously, that's that's not the kind of person that you're you're looking for if you're going to go have a good time. Right. So. Do your research, I think, is is the way to find something that is, quote, legitimate to you. This this next question, I think, kind of sums all of that up. Uh, at Beefy Gordita asks, how do I explain to my friends that want a reading because they think it'll be fun that tarot is a serious tool for reflection, not a casual thing? This happens a lot where someone wants a reading but doesn't expect to take it seriously and it makes things awkward. I think that, one, something we talk about a lot, communicating your expectations mm-hmm, ahead of time and mm-hmm. saying, I like to do tarot readings as a means for personal reflection, not as like a fun party game. Um, so if you're comfortable with that, we can proceed. But I also will say, I really like the way that you kind of define that as a tool for reflection. Exactly. Which is how I think I think about it as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so like you said, it's about expectation, but also... Um, I hate to say that you should spend the kind of emotional labor educating your friends about this, but what you should do is make sure they understand that it's a big deal to you. Yeah. Right? That's that's the thing. And if they want, like I've seen on TV, like, you know, reading tarot at, at slumber parties or whatever, if that's what they think this is, I'm sure that they can find someone to do that for them. Right. But not you. Um. The re- at Real Slim Kaylee asks, is it rude to express skepticism when getting your cards read? I'm a naturally curious person and I'm interested in tarot, but I'm not sure a believer. Uh, like I said, like I've said a hundred times now, uh, I don't think you have to be a believer to enjoy the experience. Um, I think that, you know, it's all grain of salt. Uh, and, you know, I think it's it's worth it if the person asks, like, do you believe in the power? Say, like, no. But I'm, you know, interested in the process and, you know, I'm I'm looking for the new experience. I think you can be honest, but I think expressing skepticism in anything unprompted mm-hmm. um, mostly could just hurt someone's feelings. Right. But if you, okay, here's the skepticism. I think that is very welcome. Lots of these cards, I mean, these cards, all of the tarot cards have multiple meanings, right? For example, the Empress card is a card that represents nurturing and motherhood, but that could mean literal motherhood or the symbolic mothering of a situation, project, person, lifestyle, any of that stuff. So there's nothing wrong about asking about that interpretation and be like, you know, if someone, if you bring up the Empress card for to continue this example, and you're not interested in literally having children in your life, it could mean so many different things. So asking for that kind of clarification is absolutely something you should do. I also think, and this is once again just my personal opinion, but I think 
a a good reader will ask questions rather than make statements. Like they might flip over the empress and say, um, "Are are you thinking about whether or not you know to have kids? Are you um, having some trouble with your mother or a mother like figure?" Right? Like they mm-hmm. will ask questions. And once again, it is because that card can be a prompt for you to talk about or think about different solutions to problems you're going through and not because it magically was the card you needed to see. Um, Like, once again, my opinion. One last question. This is from Colton. Is it rude to suggest to shuffle the cards yourself to ensure there is no rigging? I don't think people are rigging. It's not poker. <laughs> They're not stacking the deck. Um, it depends on the reader. So if the reader offers to allow you to shuffle the cards, that might be part of the deal, right? But if you suggest, I would say, would you like me to shuffle my own cards? It's up to them, yeah. right? That's how they're doing, conducting the reading. If they don't want you to shuffle the cards, uh, I mean, there's a lot of different rules that different readers follow. Um, you're not supposed, maybe you're not supposed to buy your own deck. Maybe you're not supposed to let the cards touch the table or the floor and you don't share decks. You can't reuse the deck. Like all of this different stuff is up to the person reading. Can I make a suggestion mm-hmm. of a way to look at it, right? If you paid to watch a magician perform, mm-hmm. right? You wouldn't be like, let me sit behind you instead of in front of you so I can see what tricks you're doing, right? Right. It, 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 at the very least, even if you're like, I don't believe any of this and I'm incredibly skeptic, then look at it like a performance, right? That right. you're going to enjoy and, you know, what you're looking for is a good performer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and you can enjoy it uh, no matter what you think of it. That's yeah, kind of how I feel about try it. Try to have an open mind and roll with whatever the specific reader's process is. Indeed. So that's going to do it for us. A couple of announcements, folks. Well, first, I would like to say Alex loves tarot and she does tarot readings. And you can find her at Pay What You Can Tarot on Instagram. Feel free to comment, like, and subscribe. Please do. Please do. Uh, let's talk about some things you can do. Okay. Uh, do you like another macro podcast called The Adventure Zone? Well, good news. The Adventure Zone Crystal Kingdom, which will be book four of our graphic novel series, is available for pre-order now at theadventurezonecomic.com. It comes out July 13th, 2021. And if you head on over to Sci-Fi Wire, that's S-Y-F-Y Wire, you can see exclusive preview pages. Also, here's a whole bunch of merch that we got. New merch. There's a new Sawbones horseshoe crab shirt uh, celebrating the contributions of horseshoe crabs to vaccinations. That was a great app. So check that out. There's uh, Our pin of the month is a tiger on the table pin designed by Sam Schultz, which benefits the Marsha P. Johnson Institute, as well as the Sylvia Rivera Law Project. Uh, we have a Candle Nights ornament by Lynn Doyle, a Candle Nights wrapping paper by Justin Gray, a super cute jump scare pin, and a thanks for vibing and keeping it tight t-shirt. Uh, and a portion of those proceeds go to the Young Center for Immigrant children's rights, which protects and advances the rights and best interests of immigrant children. Uh, And all of that is at McElroyMerch.com. We're also going to be doing live streams on the Together Twitch channel. That's T-W-O, Gather, 
G-E-T-A-G-R, Twitch channel, uh, twitch.tv slash Together Studios uh, over the next few weeks. And it's going to be uh, us playing some Adventure Zone board game. If you want to check it out, uh, you and if, if you want to check it out, please do. Justin's playing one this weekend, I believe. Uh, and if you didn't pre-order the game, you can go to theadventurezonegame.com and sign up for updates for when it goes on sale. Uh, let's see, one last thing. Everybody has a podcast except you is available for pre-order now. If you go to themacroypodcastbook.com, you can pre-order the how-to podcast book that me and my brothers wrote with contributions from Teresa and Sydney and Rachel. I just did my reading today. Yes, you did. Um, and it was very good. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. Uh, it's a step-by-step uh, podcast how-to guide that is also funny and mm-hmm. fun. And good. You can pre-order it at themacroypodcastbook.com. That comes out January 26th. Oh, also, one last thing. On uh, October 20th and 9 p.m. Eastern Time, we're going to be doing a live stream of the game Among Us uh, as kind of a spooky Halloween murder mystery thing, I guess. Uh, you can watch it on the Macroy Family YouTube channel. Teresa's going to play with us, me and my brothers. And it's going to be a fun time, it's I go- hope. It's going to be a thing. <laughs> Uh, and I think that's going to do it for us. What else do we say in our we thank yous? We always thank Brent Bentelfloss Black for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Also, thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. You can tweet at SchmannersCast. That's where we get a lot of these great listener submission questions. Uh, thank you to Bruja Betty Pinna for pinup photography for the cover picture of our fan run facebook group schmanners fanners join that if you love to give and get excellent advice thank you to alex our research assistant for a a lovely episode as always um what else oh please submit your topic suggestions schmannerscast at gmail.com alex reads all of those by the way so say hi to her And that's going to do it for us. Join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.